appreciate that you're taking the time to talk with me today. I'm so excited to pick oh, your brain I'm, a little bit. <laughs> me too. I'm me too. I don't, you know, I'm, I guess I don't know what you'll ask. I don't, it doesn't even matter. I'm just trying to stand so present in life right now. With yeah. Everything, but it, that includes, you know, all the internal issues too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so, I notice it's so much easier to stand strong and present and tall for everyone else, every other issue, everything going on in the world, mm -hmm. even. But um, some of those inner places that still need a lot more breath and love and compassion, yeah. they're like right there going, hey, what about me? Yeah. And I, so I find that really interesting. Like, I'm not getting out of uh, deeper work. Yeah. Um, on any level right mm -hmm. now, and if I think that I need a break, then um, that's that's kind of the joke. Like there isn't a break from this. It's like you just keep breathing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. An ebb and flow of the universe, and I don't know. I feel like um, we're all being tuned into the same rhythm somehow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was curious about your journey because I met you as a shamanic teacher for that weekend that we all did together as a group to learn about the upper world, the lower world, and the middle world. And that was the first time I took like a really like deep dive into a guided thing like that. And I was curious how you got onto the path of, of, of doing that, like, you know, becoming that person who, who travels to those worlds and practices those shamanic techniques? Right. Um, that's a great question. I, I believe that I arrived at shamanism um, formally uh, when I was 31. Mm -hmm. And... I'd had children, and I was actually in a low place in my life, uh, needing guidance about a lot of things that spiritually didn't make sense, places in which I had perception um, of things that other people didn't see that had never been supported and had never really found a voice. Mm -hmm. And it only really caused confusion in my psyche. Um, sat there, and then I also had... Uh, multiple generations of dysfunction that had kind of passed down from woman to woman to woman without the women really wanting or, or seeing that, that that was happening. But I could see that from a young child that these patterns went all the way back. And I was fortunate enough to have my great-grandmother in my life until I was 36. Wow. So I had five generations of women to observe. Yeah. So when I arrived at shamanism, it was actually um, arriving at uh, an African grief ritual that somehow I ended up seeing a flyer and knowing that was what I needed to go explore first. Mm -hmm. And that's really when it began. Um, I met a woman named Sabon Fusome, 
who would go on to be a dear friend and a very profound teacher in my life until she passed away a couple of years ago. And so she was in my life for 11 years, 12 years almost. And she taught me more than I could ever list. However, she right away could recognize the uh, visual gifts that were not gifts to me at that time. Mm -hmm. She could see that I, what I could see, and she was one of the only people that could actually articulate uh, what it was. Yeah. Um, she then would go on to uh, put me in the hands of another teacher and mentor for the next four years. I would then study with her friend who had been taught through a Lakota uh, chief who mm -hmm. had taught her many ways of the Lakota way and ways of spiritual seeing uh, of the spirit realm that a lot of Lakotas um, don't carry in a traditional way where they can turn around and then teach it. Mm -hmm. So it was, her teachers were kind of unique and she also uh, was good friends and um, a student of Michael Harner, who I would go on to study with as well. Um, so, she put me in the hands of this woman, Michelle, was her name, Michelle Christensen, and I learned about all the healing techniques, and I learned the most important part of shamanism is the, the ability to be able to access the spirit realm and to access it for the purpose of gathering information and for healing. So I would embark at that point um, on just every avenue I could find to bring in historical facts about uh, tribal society, indigenous culture, how it was when we first gathered information about shamanism, what we used it for before civilization and colonization, and then what we would use it for now. Mm -hmm. And I ended up, through my studies, really honing in on core shamanism, which is shamanism and spiritual practices that were being practiced all over the world simultaneously before we could actually gather those facts. And they were all experiencing and getting similar results. So Michael Harner was able to actually bridge that information mm -hmm. and gather it up around the world to put that together, which was pretty amazing. Um, so what I love about core shamanism is that it doesn't single out a tribe. It doesn't make it um, culturally specific what I'm doing. It becomes universal, mm -hmm. which I... I just believe that my nature is to want to make um, what I'm doing available and accessible to everyone. And I don't, as much as I love all the specific cultures, um, there's something about keeping it light and not diving too deep into, um, you know, maybe a culture that isn't my, my blood or my ancestry. So keeping it wide open has really been um, a benefit and information that has led to those practices that are done worldwide has been really useful. So yeah, that's kind of how I arrived at it is kind of through a broken state where I was picked up by women and elders that recognized what 
I needed to kind of move on and work with and mm -hmm. what I needed to actually add to my tool belt. That's awesome. That is an, an awesome story. And I'm wondering, for those who maybe are interested in like studying a, a similar sort of path, uh, what advice would you give them in terms of like finding a teacher? Because I know there's so many people out there who, right. you know, and there's all, you know, all the different kinds of shamanism. It can be kind of overwhelming and even confusing. Right. It is, it does get confusing. And first of all, the word shaman is mm -hmm. a confusing word. Uh, it was actually taken um, and heard first from a group of Europeans that were traveling through Siberia, through the Tungus territory. It comes from the Tungus tribe, and it means to excite or to light up or the one that sees in the dark. Mm -hmm. So that, so it was a word that was asked, hey, what is that person in your tribe that's doing those spiritual activities? The answer was shaman. And so from there, it went and it was uh, documented into literature. And so it became a thing where worldwide we needed a word for that spiritual person. But every single continent calls their shamans or their, their spiritual uh, leaders something different. And so the word itself gets very confusing. People think that if you call yourself a shaman that you're calling yourself a healer. Mm -hmm. But that's not what the word actually means. The word actually means um, more about being able to go into the spirit realm, gather information, and get results. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't actually indicate healing. Mm -hmm. So the word itself gets confusing, and it has a lot of energy that goes around it. Um, here in North America, um, people think that the Native Americans had shamans, but Native Americans don't call their shamans shamans. They would have called them medicine men, their elders, medicine, their medicine people. They had a different title for, for what that role was. So it has gotten confusing over the last hundred years of what we call that. Yeah. But as far as back to your question, um, if you have a calling to know more about the earth and about the spirits that do walk closest with you, and what that actually means, what that looks like, and how to seek that information or to begin building those relationships. Shamanism is how you build those building blocks. And what it really is, is learning the shamanic journey mm -hmm. becomes a tool of self-referral. And it becomes, it's a disciplinary type tool where if you don't arrive at it just easy. You, once you begin and you begin to understand the territory and those relationships, something begins to change in you where you begin to see that we, you are connected to much more than what you thought you were. Mm -hmm. You're connected to uh, spiritual um, allies that you didn't know existed and you see that you're connected to, very much to this earth and more and more you'll find that you're loving 
the sense and the um, understanding of animals in your life, nature, uh, the weather, flowers, people, the interconnectedness of things begins to brighten and illuminate differently for those that study shamanism and make it their regular practice. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that if you wish to learn about shamanism, you don't have to do, you don't have to commit to being a healer for your community. There's so many things that you can do with the gift of being able to see in the spirit realm. And that looks like many things. Um, it looks like helping uh, police departments with finding missing people. It looks like uh, animal communication. It looks like assisting those that are dying or who have passed on um, to make sure that their work and their energetics are cleaned up and they can move forward in a really good way, mm -hmm. which are old ancient death rites, and that art is called psychopomp. Mm -hmm. It looks like countless different spiritual healing ceremonies for people to restore lost vitality and uh, memory and to bring back uh, lost soul essence, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, spiritual essence that is fragmented or broken. And the list goes on and on with the things that you can do with it. So how would I say would be best to arrive at it? A, first to understand it just a little bit by knowing what I've just kind of spoken. And B, then you kind of have to set your intention mm -hmm. on finding a really good teacher. And to me, good teachers are people who um, are not egoic-based, and they're not, um, they allow you somehow to come into their, uh, their body of knowledge and what they're willing to share or teach you uh, lightly without um, attachment or possession was, would be what I would say. Somebody who has an open heart and a generous way of sharing their information mm -hmm. that doesn't make you feel that you are stuck in a system that ha you have to continue with. Mm -hmm. That's how I would tell people to begin, because it's important that your first teacher in this work um, has some sense of of the work that's beyond the ego, mm -hmm. beyond um, needing to get ahead or what they look like. Um, and that would be my best advice, would be just to to set your intention that you will find the right teacher and then to look for someone with a big heart. That's wonderful and super helpful. Thank you for that. Um, as you were talking, I was thinking about my own uh, practice with it. And um, now I'm wondering, like, is there, like, a right or a wrong way? Like, does the practice look different for everyone? Because, like, when I go into the upper or the lower worlds, it's either to to help someone um, or it's to retrieve information for myself. So 
And in that sense, like I don't do it. It's not like an everyday thing. I do it when I am called to do it or am feeling like called to do it. Right. Um, well, you know, I don't think that, I think it would be, um, it, what am I trying to say? I don't think there are many people that journey every single day. It's okay. a little bit far-fetched. It's yeah. like, um, back if we were living in an indigenous tribal society, we would have more time allotted for being able to journey and to look into things deeper because life would kind of be going on as we know it in a tribal society without all the millions of distractions that modern day society and especially westerners carry in their mind mm -hmm. and so you know they they have time to integrate their life their daily life on a you know on an ongoing in the moment basis pretty much mm -hmm. and we don't we have to integrate you know in our sleep we're we're constantly trying to integrate the information we're taking in and there's too much information mm -hmm. on the planet right now accessible that bombards us so to say that you would go in every day would be ridiculous mm -hmm. unless it was some extreme case. Even me, even as I'm a, a practitioner, I don't journey every day. I can't, I just can't. Life mm -hmm. is so full. Yeah. So most people, like 95% of people who come and arrive at shamanism now are using it for exactly what you're using it for when they have a friend or somebody they know that needs information or they they're looking for healing of some sort mm -hmm. and you are willing with your big open beautiful heart to go into that space to access that or be willing to at least try mm -hmm. on their behalf so that's what most people will do with it they keep it private Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about the discipline of the shamanic journey is that most practices, I haven't seen a practice yet or a belief system of spiritual structure that can't, that, that, that doesn't work with it. Mm -hmm. it. It doesn't, it's not like a, once you learn this, you know, you can't be a Buddhist or yeah. you can't be a, a Christian. Like you would begin to refine and have your own kind of uh, spiritual re-education, mm -hmm. but that would be on your own personal terms with what you were learning and experiencing, not through what somebody else is telling you. And so I believe that um, it's kind of, it's highly compatible with everything else and every other tool mm -hmm. that we gather. And it's also a great forum in which we learn that we can cross-reference information mm -hmm. we can go through this place to say hey does this other tool that i'm working with does it does it work well for me is it am i getting the most out of this and if the spirit realm would be your basis of being able to access that information very cool so um i was going through like all the boxes I've been unpacking <laughs> and um, from the move. And I came across a box that had like some of my old notebooks and notes in it. And I realized it was the notebook from that weekend of journeying. So I basically like took out all the pages just from that weekend and like chucked the rest of it. 
And um, there was a a sheet that you had given us that weekend also that was sort of like handwritten and um, photocopied, and it was it was giving the outline of those three realms: the upper, the the middle, and the lower. And when you were speaking on helping um, souls to kind of like gather up their energy and like, you know, clean up their connections or attachments so that they can like move forward. Um, it made me think about the middle world where when we were doing the journey, um, it was it was explained that that's where there's like a lot of like discarnate like spirits and earth elementals and stuff like that. And we explored the lower and the upper, but um, I was wondering, is that where that kind of work would happen, is in the middle realm, the middle world? Yes, that's where the work begins, okay. because that's where the soul leaves off. Okay. And, um, and yes, the territory of the spirit realm is it's pretty basic, and mm -hmm. every continent um, on the planet believed in the three realms and in some areas you'll find the lower realm maybe re uh, or lower world referred to as the underworld mm -hmm. and um and it it, it kind of derives uh images sometimes when we hear about the lower realms of um biblical biblical conflict or a place where we would consider it to be negative that mm -hmm. we wouldn't want to be but in the spirit realm, that's not how it is broken down. There are these realms in which the um, that are safe to travel, where souls and spirits are transcended. They're mm -hmm. they're uh, they have they're full of love. They're only there to help. There's nothing about them that is uh, like ethnocentric. So they those is where we find those spirits would be in these realms considered the lower realm and the upper realm. Mm -hmm. The middle realm or the middle world is a territory where we live and exist and spiritually a lot of energies that are uh, ethnocentric exist as well. Mm -hmm. So yes, um, without being able to go into the deeper teaching of it all, it, that's where we would begin that work. Okay. And it's like that middle world is is kind of um, reflective or mirroring like this world that we live in as the 3D. Correct. Correct. Okay. Yeah, it's busy here on the Earth plane. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Yeah, now that's kind of making me think even of when, um, like in dream time, when I'm about to like astral project and I wake up in, in, in the room, but I'm not really awake, but I know that the dream room looks the same as like the actual room that I'm sleeping in. Right. It almost remind it almost makes me feel as though like that energetic space that I wake up in, in dream time, that dream room is part of that middle world. Yeah, I mean that—that's what it would seem like to yeah. me as well. Uh huh. Yeah, and and that kind of gives like a whole new like perspective, um, to like astral projection as well too. Yeah, yeah, and and the dream realm, which yeah. becomes quite a mystery to mm -hmm. most of us. Yeah. You know, 
even those that think that they are, you know, really learning the territory of the spirit realm, which mm -hmm. is actually territory that can be mapped. Mm -hmm. um, and it took, it took uh, the Harner Foundation, you know, 25 years of asking tens of thousands of people to map their lower world, upper world, middle world mm -hmm. territory, um, if they were willing to do that. And so with tens of thousands of maps, they were actually able, in a library, they were able to piece it together and see that these places connect, and it, it's real territory. So it's it's real in the sense that we're all experiencing it. Mm -hmm. uh, we might see it and, and uh, perceive it very differently. However, the territory is real. It's territory like the earth is is solid in here. Mm -hmm. The spirit realm is structured for all of us to kind of maneuver and navigate similarly, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's incredible. Isn't that? I know. It's so incredible. Um, a lot of maps. <laughs> <laughs> Holy moly. So now all the, it's like this curtain has just been pulled back for me right now because <laughs> I'm just like, wait, middle world, so then earth elementals so that's earth spirits and like working with the land and those energies right right holy moly okay so if i were to um if i wanted to work with uh an area of land like let's say like i, I just moved back up here to steamboat and surrounded by like mountains and all that and I know there's energies here because some of them have like tried to approach me in the very beginning I was like whoa um if I wanted to sort of I don't know make contact or right you know learn more about like the specific area that I'm in like where my house is like it's facing a giant hill that you know would I do that, like, in that middle world as well? You would. And for for someone who didn't know how to do a, um, you know, to be in a shamanic journey, yeah. but they were wanting to access or at least uh, allow the, the land, the spirits that live on land mm -hmm. of a home, like in, just inside a home or inside a home and land, mm -hmm. um, there's ways in which you can just go to a, the biggest tree that mm -hmm. you can find on the land, and if there isn't a tree, then just go to the dirt itself, and you would you would kind of call out like you're talking to someone in front of you about you know your gratitude about being here now, mm -hmm. and wishing for that to be in good relation, mm -hmm. and you can offer something like. I've told a lot of people to make like make cornbread, but you don't have to make it with like the sugar and stuff. Just yeah. like make the cornbread or bake a squash, a small squash or something. But something that you've put your love in and you've taken the time to bake it mm -hmm. and you know, put raisins in it or something and then put it by the tree. And and those uh, gestures allow spirits of the land, which um, when you get into these teachings <laughs> They can be ethnocentric spirits that are very much um, connected to the land and wanting to see that it stays safe. But they're they're now not alive, and mm -hmm. so they're outside of their understanding of time and space. Mm -hmm. And so they don't see you 
in the present moment, like, because they're not in, they don't understand the present moment. But they, if there's uh, spirits of the land that are in unrest, it's because they feel something has gone on on that land that's disruptive. So mm -hmm. if trees have been cut in the last 100, 200 years, mm -hmm. however old that spirit might be, um, that's a big one. When big trees are cut, they, mm. they can sense that for, for it's, I mean, it's outside of time, but I've seen spirits of the land that are hundreds of years old be very upset about trees that have been cut a hundred years ago. And so it doesn't make sense with time. However, that will be their energy focus is mm -hmm. around the area where the tree was. Oh, so, right. And so it's, it's about like, it's almost like we're speaking two different languages and we're in two different times, but yeah. we're not, we're on the yeah. same land. Yeah. So offering with a, a present moment intention of this is me here now and I wish to be here in peace mm -hmm. um, can bring like, a, it can bring that energy forward enough for that unrest to recognize you're a part of what's happening mm -hmm. there. And so that can be very helpful for people who don't know how to journey. For people who do know how to journey, it's a matter of um, traveling. It, it, there's a little bit of instruction to it, but it's traveling. It's in the middle world, and mm -hmm. you travel with your spirit helpers, and there's a way of formally introducing yourself and finding out what the story is. So the beauty of knowing how to journey is that you can get the story yeah. of what happened, okay. which you know, is helpful. Yeah. Um, but in, even with the story, what I would tell you as a remedy, if there's any tension is the squash mm -hmm. or the cornbread. Mm -hmm. It does something, um, to, especially to native spirits, if they were human, you know, if mm -hmm. they were native, then there's a sense of home or warmth. There's mm -hmm. something to recognizing something baked. Um, so that's what I have found a lot of times there can be more specific things mm -hmm. that need to be done, but usually it's more of a, uh, I'm here now, this is who I am. Mm -hmm. I come in peace kind of thing and you can clear those energies up. Okay, cool. Um, I did notice that outside of uh, our house, there's a very, very large tree stump. So there was a large tree that, that used to be here and it looked like uh -huh. it was, it was cut down like some time ago. And now he had, I think he put like his beehive on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, when he, when he got, this is his second crop of bees. The first year he had bees. Um, it didn't work out. Like they all left. <laughs> Right. So, um, and I think, I mean, we, it's an area where there's been like, you know, landscaping and stuff. So the right. trees aren't super old, but I feel like the one that was near our house was pretty old because the diameter is, is pretty wide. So, um, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and, and try it with that. So when you say the, um, your spirit helpers in the middle world, um, do you mean like, um, the corners that we called in? Um, yeah, um, it, yeah, it's just a little bit of instruction because you kind of want to go with your, with a crew. Yeah, yeah. And there's like a, there's a slight formal introduction that kind of needs to happen. Okay. And it seems to be much more smooth if 
if you, um, if, yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you about that after. Okay. <laughs> Because <laughs> sure. I feel like, yeah, because I feel like with those with the corners that I I I had called in, like you know, they're like different kinds of entities. So yeah, but awesome. Yeah, a lot. I'm gonna try going that. On on land. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like a you know, yeah. some places there's so much history, and mm -hmm. then some places it can be really simple as a tree that had been cut, and you have discord, but it can also be you know, timelines where, mm -hmm. you know, there was maybe a war there or, you know, yeah. just like a battle a little bit and then a hundred years later people lived and then the trees were cut. So mm -hmm. it can be multi-layered. Yeah. And it just depends. Yeah. But there's usually always a way around whatever you might be feeling is discord. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Well, thank you, thank you so much for allowing me to <laughs> to to pick your brain and and ask these questions and for the information oh and the yes, suggestions. You. That was awesome. Oh, thank you. And um, well, it's been my pleasure speaking with you.